0: Good evening, good morning, or wherever you happen to be. Uh, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs. And I know we didn't have our regularly scheduled podcast last week. Uh, we do have one that I need to download and put up um, based on Django and I traveling to Missouri. So I will get that done today or tomorrow and get that up. You know, whenever you take a, a week away, um it takes some time to get back into the swing of things and to get all caught up with everything that didn't get done by you the week that you were away and I did leave my laptop behind. I brought my phone. I brought my iPad too, but I didn't even turn it on. Um I brought my phone um, just so I wouldn't be tempted to get on the laptop and do any work so I can concentrate fully on gold school. I left it behind. And you know how nice that was to not have it. And do you know how much work I can get done on my phone? <laughs> So I wanted to talk about gold school. I know we have some questions. So if you guys have some questions, just go ahead and type them up in the comment section. uh, And we can get to them whenever we get done talking about Django flying at 13, 12 weeks old and about gold school. Okay. So the first big question that I've been getting from people is, what do you mean you flew with a puppy as a service dog in training? So service dogs in training are different from service dogs big surprise there right and for service dogs a lot of the airlines have where service dogs are allowed or emotional support dogs are allowed uh, but service dogs and training is a gray area so each state decides for that state what you can do with a service dog in training and for some states i uh, like florida they have the same accessibility as fully trained service dogs but for other states, you have to mark the dog in a certain way. You have to be a certain level of trainer. You can't own or train. Um, you can only uh, train these certain things. You just don't get public access. And you have to stay in pet-friendly areas. So each state's a little bit different, first of all. So what I did is I checked Missouri. And how did I check that, you asked? How did you know this? What I have on my phone is a... So you know how you do the folders? So I have one for SD for service dog, and in it is one, an app from NAGDU, N-A-G-D-U. And if you click on that, it comes up with uh, American with Disabilities Act, um, state laws. It's put together by the National Association of Guide Dog Users. So it's a good app, right? State laws is one of them. So we go to Missouri here. There's a lot of M states go to Missouri, and it, and it is the statutes on service dogs and training. So trainers of guide dogs, hearing assistance dogs, or service dogs, and the right to be accompanied. And it says that they're fine. And it says they're fine in hotel rooms, too, in hotels. So I said, okay, so that was my first step before I decided to travel with Django is, can he do okay there, because there is a dog-friendly hotel, but I wanted to stay in the not dog-friendly hotel, because it's where Gypsy and I had stayed in February, and I really like it, and it's nice, and they have breakfast in the morning that's really good, it's not one of those, like, three boxes of cereal and a bagel, it's a really nice breakfast, and then they also have cookies at night, so if you know me, you know, I'm gonna want to stay at the place that has cookies at night, plus it's close to the interstate, which is nice for coming and going, and it's really close to a, um, a Walmart, so yay, and a bunch of, you know, um, little stores and stuff, so like I needed a milkshake one night, so I just don't a milkshake, but so first I checked that app and made sure that Django had accessibility as a service dog in training, which he had. So I did the hotel, and I told him I was traveling with a service dog in training, uh, I contacted the airline as well. So we fly from Orlando Sanford airport, which is a little airport in Orlando to Springfield, Missouri. They have a direct flight on Allegiant, Allegiant air. So Allegiant has, cause this is what I flew in February with gypsy. There's a form you have to fill out from the vet. The vet has to fill out saying the dog's a service dog. The dog's not a pit bull or pit bull mix. The dog's up to date on vaccines and the dog's not aggressive and has never shown to be aggressive. So my vet filled that out. They actually, I forgot it at the vet's office. So they printed it up for me, which is nice. And uh, put on there, he's not a service dog because he's a service dog in training. Uh, and he's like three months old. So I had that. And I had looked into this when we found out we were getting Django back in April. Well, I, actually, before the November making their reservations because we were looking at get getting candy. You know, I have Gypsy. So if worse comes to worse, I just take Gypsy, and that's not worse. Like, that's the worst thing that could happen is I end up taking Gypsy on this trip, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Aaron just asked, and I'm going to cut in here because of that, because everyone's saying hi, so hi, guys. Um, does breed matter? Still matter for a service dog. For some airlines, it does because the airlines are not covered by the ADA. They're covered under the Air Carriers Accessibility Act, And so for them, breed does matter, unfortunately. And they don't want pit bulls or pit bull mixes in. Thank you. So Michelle asked "Can you put a link to the app that you talked about. And Anjanette commented with nagdu, which sounds like I'm just saying nonsense words, but it's N-A-G-D-U. And if you search that up, you'll be able to find it. Uh, So I contacted the airline. I contacted Allegiant. And I said, I could have a service dog in training. I'm a professional dog trainer, a professionally trained service dogs, and I'm executive director of Hope Service Dogs. I'm looking at flying from Orlando to Springfield, Missouri. On these days, could I travel with my service dog in training? Because it says on there, you need special permission and you need to do it at least three days ahead of time. And I heard back that, yes, as long as I can prove that the dog is a service dog in training, I can travel with them. I'm like, even at three months old? And they're like, yes, even at three months old. And I said, whoa, Okay. So now here comes, that was back then, and now it's a week before our flight. So we flew on uh, on a Saturday. And I emailed them the week beforehand, and I didn't hear anything, so then I emailed them Tuesday or Wednesday, and I heard back. Um, and I had two questions. One was, here's my information from Django, and the other one was, can I bring his crate along too? Because I've never flown with a dog with a crate, but whenever I flew with Rue and arrow a few years ago up from Orlando to um to Salt Lake City I asked if I could have a bag of their of their stuff because it was like four or five days up there with them and you know they had food and gear and toys and they said no that if I traveled with an extra bag I would have to pay for it so like you've got to be kidding me Uh, so I wasn't sure what Allegiant would do about the crate. Well, Allegiant wrote back the corporate wrote me back the best letter saying that, yes, Django has been approved to travel as my service dog and training. They would love any pictures that I got of him. Uh, and they'd like to hear feedback on how it went. And yes, his crate can travel at no cost, just, you know, latch it. So it can't pop open. You know, we want it compacted. I said, okay, perfect. So I had that and I flagged that and I kept it in my email. Um, I had brought the the form from the vet. Um, I also have, I keep things in Dropbox files. So I, I do Dropbox and like all my stuff's in there in case I need it. And I don't have it on me. I have it at least on my phone. Um, But I had to send them my training log. Now, usually, you guys might not know this, but I don't usually count my in-home training sessions because it happens all the time. I usually just count my outings for my personal dogs, because I do so much training with them. And yes, it sounds like I'm bragging, but guys, I'm a professional trainer. If I don't be training with my dogs, what can I ask you to do? You know? So we did, uh, I had his training log, I had the letter from the vet, I I sent the Instagram, so they can see that this isn't something that I'm like, I want a service dog, <laughs> that they can see that, you know, we've been doing this. And, and, you know, he's been doing outings, and he's with his little cape on and everything. So like I said, they approved. Um, so that's been perfect. Um, and, and and we got on. The, there was one hitch in it. Um, for flying, you could do bulkhead seating. but well, what I found with bulkhead seating is there's never an extra spot beside you. Unless the person beside you complains about having a service dog beside you, which happened to me. In which case, they got moved to the back and I got nobody sitting beside me. So that was perfect. But uh, or I can sit in the back of the plane and possibly get a row of seats to myself, or at least get one seat beside me empty. And that I find preferable at this point, especially with him. He's he was 27 pounds two weeks ago, so he's probably at least 30 pounds now. He's got to be at least 30 pounds now. He is a moose. Um, so we have uh yeah, you know, it was one of the questions here: how much is Django weigh? Uh, so we we're in line to check in. Now, Rich had to park and come up with me because I had my suitcase. I had a Django. I had my my personal item, which is my tote bag or my purse, you know. And we had the collapsed crate. And I brought a smaller crate. I brought a 24 inch crate for him because I didn't want to bring anything bigger because I had to handle all of that on the other end. And we're waiting in line, and we're waiting in line, and they're like, "Oh, anyone going to go into Springfield? You need to get up there now." And we we're the next. I'm like, "I'm going go to." Springfield so they're like you're fun, and I'm like I've got a dog one more potty break before we left um the Orlando airport because I had packed some um some pee pads in my tote bag but I really didn't want to have to use them I wanted this to be like the most perfect because if we get there and they're like you're never flying with that dog again that means I'd have to drive home and I didn't want to drive home so uh so I had to make sure it went good so we're waiting and we snake our way to the front to drop off the luggage and stuff and the guy uh Sees us, says, "Hold on, I have to go get my my manager." He goes to go get the manager and says, "The rich, you know, go take him out and potty him." And he takes him out and potties him. And he comes back and he goes, well, "I need to get eyes on the dog." I'm like, "He was just here. Like you were just here. You just saw him." Well, no, I didn't see him. You saw that you needed to go get your manager because I was traveling with a service dog in training. And instead of asking me about it, which I would have told you I had permission from corporate to do it, and if you check my notes, you would have seen that you just ran to go get your manager so I said buddy one last time because we're running late and I don't want him to have an accident on the plane which is good Vicky you know and what so I had to. I'm texting Rich I'm calling Rich I'm like you need to come back here so he can see Django he needs to see him so he yep I said oh no that's that's not enough you wanted to see him you know so Django put his paws up and you know the guy pat him and he's like he's really nice I'm like I know um, so we get up there, we get through security and Jenga's just happy as can be. Uh, we are like the last ones to board the plane. We go in the back, we had a to ourselves, which is really nice. Uh, we get, he, he was good the whole trip. Um, you know, he slept the whole trip, which was great. It was a little over two hours. So he did really super. Um, and then we land, we had to get a rental car while I landed. I, we went out and got him the potty as soon as possible. Well, he's like, I don't have the potty. Come on. So I got the rental car, um, actually get, put me in a Suburban. I love that Suburban. I told Rich I found our next car, um, especially once I found it had heated seats. That made it even better. Uh, because our Jeep doesn't have heated seats. So we got the rental car. I went I got the, the luggage and the crate. I was going to leave the crate at the curb and pull around and get it. But I was like three rows back. So I'm like, yeah, I can walk it out there. So trying to juggle Django, a collapsed crate, a luggage, and a tote bag was a hoot in half. So we, we get to the Suburban. We load everything in. I pop open his crate. I put down the middle seat to put his crate on the middle seat there and got him into it. Well, it's about 8 o'clock in the morning, Missouri time. So I call the hotel to see if our room's ready. No, our room's not ready yet. Oh, boy. So I called Jackie, who's hosting us out in Missouri. And I'm like, hey, do you, or I texted her, you know, do you, want, do you want some visitors? We're here. So we went out to her place. And, uh, and she had some some private clients. So we got to hang out with them, uh, which was super fun. Uh, and I think around, we got there probably around nine o'clock at the latest, uh, around one or two o'clock, uh, I called up and the hotel room was ready. And so we went to the hotel room, we got checked in, we got, oh my gosh, I was so tired. Uh, they gave me no problems at the hotel. It was perfect. Um, I had asked for first floor now. They have stairs. I don't think they have an elevator. I've never seen an elevator. So unless it's invisible, they don't have an elevator Uh, and I can't do stairs with my knee. So I have to remember when I stay there next time to make sure I request first floor. Um, But because he is three months old, I requested first floor near an exit. And so where they gave me was like just kitty corner to go. Now, I am pleased to say we didn't have any accidents um, except for. The very last day, well, on Friday, the last day of the school, um, Jackie was saying hi to him and he peddled a little bit. And then uh, as we were working him, he had a little bit of um, diarrhea. He had an accident, but it was both at her place, not at the hotel. So I felt bad about it. Like I understood, like he was still working and trying to give me a hundred percent and he had a tummy ache and he pooed. Uh, So we got that cleaned up. But uh, but he did so good. Uh, I left the crate in the Suburban for a couple days and then I brought it into the room because I needed to sleep. And he didn't want to sleep. He wanted to play because he slept all day. So it was it was difficult doing an intensive school like the Nipopo Gold School with a three-month-old puppy who I had to be with all the time. It would have been much easier if I would have brought Richard Luke and they could have taken him so I could have done the schooling and just grabbed him when needed. Now, everyone else who had a dog, their dogs were better because <laughs> uh, they weren't three-month-old puppies. Uh, and so they were created out in the car, either with it open, with fans on them, with the AC going. So they didn't have any problems, uh, but Jenga was with me 24-7. So trust me, whenever I got home, I'm like, I need my space. So you notice he's not in here tonight because I needed my space. Um, He, it's just, it it was a lot. And I I told Rich, he's from the J litter, you know, so Jenga. Like we should have named him Joffrey. You know, by the end of it, he was getting to be a little bit pushy, a little bit like I'm the king because while we're doing class, um, he falls asleep on my lap. I sit on the floor, he curls up in my lap. You know, he wants to be held. I swear to God, he puts his head right here on my shoulder and he wants to be laying on me. You know, like this is what we had to put up with. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So he um, he did amazing. It was fantastic because every day, uh, Bart, the instructor, Bart Bellone, uh, he I really like that dog. And you know, whenever the instructor's telling you how much he likes your dog, you're like, this is awesome. Uh, everyone said hello to him. He got so much socialization during that time, but he got to be a little bit of a joffrey because that's my thing we're trying to watch our naughty naughty cuss cuss words so he got to be a little bit of a joffrey so he he's had more crate time since we've come home Uh, we came home saturday uh, afternoon we landed so saturday sunday monday and then today's tuesday so he's gotten more crate time um we're starting to come a little bit stricter on him even though he's only a three-month-old puppy he is about 14 weeks old now and he's getting huge he's just huge guys uh, some questions like you need heated seats in Florida. You know, so what I liked it for is my back was getting a little bit sore. And so that heated seat helped and I just turned the AC on. And you know what else, Michelle, heated seats help with is keeping your pizza warm. Because <laughs> we have to have priorities. Uh, Aaron asked, how has Django been on trips and what would you do if they start to stress Pam? So for that, and um, that was Django's big first trip, and he does not usually like to be in the car. He will scream bloody murder if you crate him in the back. Um, so on the drive to the airport, he barked and screamed the whole time. Well, no, actually, he didn't because Rich had him on his lap. But when we go to Universal, he will bark and scream. When we take him to the vet, he'll bark and scream unless he's on your lap. Well, once he's fully Pawnee trained, I don't need them to ride in a crate in my car. But until they're fully putty trained, I don't want them to pee in my Jeep, I'll poo in my Jeep. So I do create them. So if they start to stress pan, I'd have to look and ask myself, what's going on here that he's stressed out? Is it because, you know, there's something new here? You know, what can I do to make this funner? Um, I had my treat pouch on my hip most of the trip. Why? Because I put my key card in it, the keys for the Suburban in it, and it had my poo bags in it. And it had um, treats in it, treats and food. You know, so if I noticed he was starting to get stressed, what I would have had to do would be to start training, you know, like just start whipping treats around and getting him getting some action. So this is what we did on the flight back. Well, before the flight back, we're in the airport. Okay, so coming back, we dropped the Suburban off, told him how much we loved it. uh, And then we went and had to check in. Well, okay, so here I am again with the tote bag, the dog, the suitcase and the crate, snaking my way through the line to get up front all by myself this time. And we get up there and they needed to see the paperwork and I showed it to them. And they looked and they said, okay, you know, it's all good. So dropped off the suitcase and the crate, which was nice. And we go into the family bathroom. So it's just us, there's nothing, no one else in there. And so I'm, I'm playing with him because he needed this. We did it like twice. Stand in the center, toss a treat over to one corner. When he's finished eating it, click. Toss a treat to the other corner when he's finished eating it, click. Toss a treat to another corner when he's finished eating it, click. So, we were playing this game, and I'm breaking the little chewy treats in half um, just because I don't want him to get an upset stomach. Um, I had removed his water the night before. We fed him. Well, I fed him probably around, I think, seven o'clock. No, it was earlier than that. I fed him earlier, like maybe around four o'clock, because I think it was still at the school. I gave him a whole bunch when we were done. Um, and it, that was the last he had eaten the night before, so he wouldn't have an upset stomach, tummy or anything. Um, he peed and he pooed before we left. And again, no accidents on the plane. We were, however, <laughs> we weren't in the very last row of seats. We are in the one before then. And in the very last row of seats, right behind me was a obnoxious little child who just kicked the seat, my seat, the whole time. <laughs> and screamed, screamed the whole time. So I found out one of the bad things about living by Orlando is while we get flights from all over, they're full of people going to Disney. And a lot of times the parents just let the kids get away with murder. So it was the screaming child flight, so bad, so bad, that the, the stewardess had to come by. Want me to take her for a little walk? And picks up the kid and walks her up and down the plane. The parent, my mom wouldn't do it, but the stewardess had to. I'm like you've gotta be kidding me. Um, we also witnessed, now this is this is my favorite. Three rows and three or three seats and three seats. Right. So it was two kids, an empty seat, an empty seat right behind. And then this one was the mom. Well, this one was a stranger and the dad was going to sit in the seat behind. So they were basically going to put the two kids with a stranger and have the mom across the aisle. What the hell? And have the dad sit behind the stranger so the stranger comes back and, and, the, and the mom's like, you have to switch. And the dad's like, I don't want to switch. Well, first I don't blame him, but they actually, their kids were good from what I saw because they were two in front of me. um. So they ac- actually switched. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, so we're just going to let strangers sit by our kids now. And then I'm thinking, I really want the kid behind us. Like I want the parent to say like, I have to go to the bathroom. Can you watch my daughter for, you know, two minutes? I would have said, yes, I would love to, because you know what I would have done is I would have told the little girl that if she does not stop screaming and kicking my seat, I was going to open up one of the windows and throw her out of the plane, but I didn't. I didn't. So I'm a good person because I didn't do that, but I wanted to. Um, here we go. Your dog acted better than a kid. Oh my gosh, totally. It was ridiculous. So we we get in and I have a headache and I'm like, oh, uh, but Django did really super. He was done. He was put a spork in him. He was done. Um, he just, he couldn't handle it anymore. And he's a three month old puppy. So I can't, like I said, I can't really blame him. So he's been getting some crate time. Sorry about that. Um, he's been getting some crate time just to decompress because that is a lot for a three month old puppy. So what we had to do was make it as fun for him as possible. You know, I had brought a uh, water buffalo horn. I had brought a Kong along with some squeezy tube of peanut butter, uh, you know, he got to go outside and sniff around, uh, you know, we played, he jumped in the shower with me and I'm like, really? So and coming back here, you know, he's back into the swing of things with the pack with playing with gypsy and all. So, you know, we're back. I don't recommend traveling with a three month old service dog in training, especially when you're going to Nipopo Gold School, because it was very intense, uh, but, but it's over <laughs> when I do it again. Probably. I would just probably pack a second crate, possibly one of the easier pop-up crates and just have it with me at the school. So he would have got some crate time because even though he slept while we were talking and at school and stuff, you don't get a deep sleep that way. You know, you're so kind of awake and kind of listening. So he, uh, he, you know, he did good. He did really good. Uh, I had to deal with the disruptive kids on our train said Michelle. Yeah. And Anjanette says she just got off a three-hour flight with Moose and Grace. It can be really exhausting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So with Arrow, I've traveled with him. He was a breeze. Uh, I've traveled with Gypsy in February. And she did fine. Um, I traveled with Django, which he did fine in the traveling. It was just the whole like a week of constantly working. was It was hard. Um, and I've traveled with Zoe before. She's fun with me as a service dog right before I retired her. And she was a breeze to travel with, too. So looking at going back, possibly in July, I have to like actually sit down and, and see if I can work that out. I don't know who I'd bring then. And then looking at doing, um, or if I drive up, um, and then next time they host silver and gold, I'm going. But silver, they're looking at maybe fall, end of the year. So Jenga will be way older by then. And so that shouldn't be a problem. If I bring him, probably bring Gypsy just because she's lazier and it works out really good. But if she's knocked up, I can't bring her. So, you know, part of it depends on that as well. Uh, Okay. So that's how Django's doing. Um, Like I said, otherwise he's doing great. Uh, He has two really annoying habits that we are working on correcting. One of them is he barks like laser focus and barks at the cat. And the other one is um, he will bark in his crate if I leave. So if I'm sitting here and he's in a crate right beside me, he's good. But if I get up and leave, he barks like an idiot. So you notice I'm in here and he's out there. Like so bad that we would have to move his crate by Luke if I would leave. And while he's young, I'm like, okay, no, not anymore. So we're, we're working on resolving that. Um, because I don't want that. Oh, we also got, it used to be called a manners minder, but it's now called a treat and train. They're about a hundred and something on Amazon. And what it is, is it's a remote controlled tr- um, food dispenser. So what I did, we had a bunch of evals on Sunday. So I put that on top of his crate with his breakfast in it. And I put it, to have a downstay mode where I just randomly, it'll go and shoot out some food and he was quiet all through that. So I'm like, well, that's good. So that's part of what we're doing. We're, we try a multifaceted approach. Not saying it's just this one thing that's gonna work. Uh so yeah, so we we had that going during that, and that worked out really good. Okay. Oh my gosh. I never use normal glasses, I always use um travel mugs, but this glass has like a little thing at the way bottom of it that's like two little drops, like raindrops, and I've never noticed it because I never use normal glasses. Um, okay, so that's Django. That's what we're working on with him. That's where he's at. Uh, Nipopo. So we had somebody here ask, what is Nipopo? So you guys ready? Uh, Nipopo Gold School. So Bart Bellon is considered by many is the father or grandfather of modern dog training. And he is a freaking, freaking genius. Him and his wife, Michael. Yes, his wife's name is Michael. Um, they put together, they used to do workshops. And that's actually how they met was at a workshop. But uh, what they did is they own Martin Systems, which is the chameleon. And they do that over in Belgium. And then they also do these silver and gold schools. And they're designed to do both of them. You have to go to silver first. Silver is the book, the theoretical, the this is what it is, um, the science words and all that stuff, how you do it. And that is a five-day school. So I did that back in February, back over in Missouri. And I brought Gypsy with me then. And you can go back and listen on the podcast because I talk about it. Uh, But that was all the book learning stuff. And you had to, we had to take a test every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then we had to take the big test on Friday. And if we didn't pass the big test, we had to retake the the test or retake the school, depending on how it went. Um, And you take that until you pass it. And then you can go on to gold school. Well, (sighs) Needless to say, I aced the, uh, the silver school test. Now, coming from, I, I was a posse trainer when I started, so some of this made sense to me. And what I didn't realize is for some of them who didn't start as a posse, those words don't make any sense at all. But it was a hard week with a lot of studying. Like, I'm not going to say, like, it was easy because it wasn't. It was one of the hardest tests I've done. Um, but I aced it. So that's why I went instead of rich also is because I'm better at that stuff than he is. Uh, You know, he gets to, well, technically, uh, you know, and uh, so I went first, did that. And then what I've done from February through May for those three months is I've been trying to put that into practice. Okay. But I had to do gold school to do that. So gold school is another five days. And for that, it is over 40 hours, each of them is over 40 hours of of doing it, of, of hands-on doing it, watching other people doing it, trying to figure out what it is that they're doing. Now here's two fun points is because I had Django with me. Um, if they're working their dog, I don't necessarily want to get Django up right in front of their face. So we kind of stay back a little bit. As long as I could see and hear, I was good. I'm really good at watching and learning. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, the dizziness is, it was back a bit because I was a little bit dehydrated, I think. So um, I couldn't find coconut water over there. So I was just using um, the fizzy water, which has some potassium and sodium, but I don't think it was enough. Uh, So we, I was dizzy too. So I couldn't stand and watch a lot. I had to sit down and then get up and move and sit down. And then I had Django. So, you know, for that, and then with the sleep and with the puppy, like I said, it it was difficult. It was hard. Um, But let me show you my graduation certificate from Nipopo Gold School. And then I also earned my uh, e-collar training certification, electronic collar training certification. So I've got both of these. Um, I actually want to get them framed and up on the wall. Um, we learned a lot. A lot, And I took so many notes. I took I think around 60 or so pages of notes which I'm in the process of rewriting them into my notebook right now, because that's that's what I do too. Even whenever I was in middle school and high school, I would take notes, I would come home and I would retake notes. I rewrite them, I type them up onto the computer. Well, I'm not typing these ones, I'm rewriting them into my NipoPo notebook. Uh, but I wanna make sure I have this. Now I can go back to silver or gold school at no cost, I just have to pay to get there and for my room. Um, but I don't have to pay for the schooling again, but I also don't get a working spot, you know. But there was so much that was taught that it's it's a little bit overwhelming. So if I wouldn't have taken notes, I'd forget half of it already, even though I've been home for just a few days just because that's how people are. And so going back <coughs> excuse me going back over them works out really good and some of them I'm even like, I can't read my writing and it's been about a week like I can't read what this is saying. I don't know what I meant to say here. Um, I don't know anything about this. Like this doesn't really make sense. And some things I wrote down like five different times because I wanted to make sure I got it and I got it right and it was drilled into my head. Um, it is going to, How one of the questions that people have asked, uh, how is this going to help your business? Well, you guys know we have the online course at howtotrainyourservicedog.com. So as we're doing this with the dogs, what my goal is, is as we're comfortable with it, is redoing be doing both of the online courses as Nipopo Dream Dogs and Nipopo Service Dogs. So it's all based in the Nipopo method. So you can train up your service dog in the Nipopo way. Um, so you can train up your dog, your pet dog in the Nipopo way. And we've already started integrating it into our private sessions because we've had a few private sessions since I've been back also, and we're integrating it that way. So that's how I plan on using this. Um, so, so, so much information. And a lot of it is good for the sport world, but it's also good for the pet world, it's good for the behavior modification, it's good for the service dogs, and it's just good all the way around, I mean, Bart's super fun to listen to, now, Michael didn't make it, and she had to stay over in Belgium and deal with the business, end of things, Uh, so I'm hoping next Gold School, she can make it as well, because that'll be fun to hear, you know, her input on it, because I absolutely adore Michael, Michael is amazing, um, so I was kind of disappointed. I didn't get to see her this time. Um, but like I said, hearing Bart tell me how awesome my dog is, it like, totally made up for it. No, but it did. Um, so we got some questions. Um, uh, let me see here. And Jeanette says we've been flying so much lately and we experienced a five hour hold on the plane. Oh my gosh. You've got to be kidding me. SWA escorted us off the plane while sitting on the tarmac to take a body break in the grassy area of the tarmac. That is awesome. Crystal says I'm going to Vincon for a big service dog meetup. In a month or so, we fly to California. What do I need to fly with Sable? Uh, For that, Crystal, it depends on if Sable's a service dog or a service dog in training and which airline you're going with. So check with the airline and see what their requirements are because they're all in flux at the moment. Uh, Stephanie says, how can you teach the item without your dog playing with the item? You know what, Stephanie? That's a great question. So one of the things with Nipopo is we don't want to be a cheerleader for the dog. We don't want to get the dog to, you know, woohoo, look at what I've got, look at what I've got, look at what I've got, now go get it. Now that's one way to teach it, but you're going to jack your dog up, which who wants that? And it's it's hard, it's difficult to do that. Um, we don't want to do that. So we there's a way that you can do it that's not, right? There's a way you can do it that is... Um, that works out a lot easier. And like I said, we're going to be redoing all our online courses. If you want to do a private um, video session with me, Stephanie, we can get you started with that. Uh, There are some things I need Rich to build me, and we're going to be videotaping some of that stuff too so everyone can get the same equipment (coughs) because we want it to be good. And a lot of times, especially with the fetch, the service dogs need it, and like half of them don't want to do it. And that makes it really difficult. So that and then the other thing that we worked on a lot was scent work and tracking. Now, I've done tracking before. Uh, With Jedi, my German shepherd, we actually did a tracking course, did tracking for a while with the guy, helped teach the next round of tracking courses. And I hated tracking. I did because uh, we're in Florida. And so how he did it was you make the track, right? You scuff up the dirt, you scuff up the ground, and then you put a hot dog in it. We're in Florida. We have fire ants and normal ants. And they love hot dogs. So whenever you lay the track and you come back to it, even if you come back to it, as soon as you get done with the 10-foot track, ants are already all over the hot dog. And then your dog's going to eat the hot dog. It's gross. So what Bart did is he showed us and how to do tracking with nails, like N-A-I-L-S. Not like fingernails, but like nails, so like hammer. So he showed us how to do that, which was fantastic and I cannot wait to get started with Django. Um, He showed us how to do his version, his way of doing scent work, like nose work, which I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is going to be amazing for gluten alert. This is going to be amazing for diabetic alert. This is just an amazing way to do it. Uh, And the whole philosophy, because the medical alert with the scent work were my least favorite ones to do for surface dogs. You're like, we'll do them, but they're not my favorite. And I like it whenever it's my favorite. So, we uh you know we we went over that, and that's what I'm writing up right now uh, and it's it's so good whenever you're excited to do it again, you know, um, just like little things like how he does his healing is different from from what we've done before. um how he does just different things is really cool, so. Tony says he's hoping to get to the next Silver School. I couldn't swing it earlier this year. So he's going to announce it. Well, they're going to announce it next month in July. But what they're looking at is possibly October, November. Um, Tony, and if you go, like I said, I'm hoping to be there. Our Gainesville trainer, Karen, is aiming to go if the dates work out for her. So if she goes, her and I can go together. Um, And then I think the next time it's offered, Rich is going to go. So I'm going to, since I can go, I want to go and learn and do stuff. Jackie says, congrats on both your certificates, Victoria. Thank you. And Michelle says, what does Nipopo stand for? So here's the Nipopo story. Are you ready? This is a good one. And I want to practice it because what he did in silver school is he had the gold school school students come back. And uh, if you come back, like he had them get in front of the class and discuss this. So I figure, hey, the more prepared I am for it, the better and I even, these are my silver school notes. Um, Tody, if you're going to go, make sure you bring index cards or buy them when you're there, because you are going to need index cards for your notes. So what is Nipopo? Nipopo stands for negative, positive, positive, okay, and it's a negative, positive, positive reinforcement uh, training system. That's what it is, Uh, where the dog learns to do on cue with heart and soul, and when the dog does get a correction, which you know is inevitable because you get corrections and I get corrections and like everyone needs it, the dog's going to come back better than before or do better than before and it's not going to affect him. He's not going to get like flattened and be like, oh my god, you hate me now, okay? So we want to balance the motivation and the concentration with it. We want to manipulate the environment to set the dog up for success. Uh, their primary reward is food now, especially coming from the service dog end of things, I like training with food because it doesn't jack them all up and make them crazy. Um, if I'm at the store, I'm at the grocery store, right, and I want to reward my dog, I'm not going to chuck a ball down the aisle, right? It's much easier to just and give them some little food right there. Uh, we want a dog who does it spontaneously. Dogs who do it spontaneously do it with heart and soul, and it looks better. So Aaron was always super serious when it came to working. His ears would go back. You know, and he was like super serious about it. And people are like, oh, that poor dog. And I'm like, no, like he's concentrating. Like he's not sad. But that said to me, like, I need to do something to get him flashier. Even though he was concentrating and that's what he was doing and he was working really hard at it, it wasn't flashy. And people were like, that poor, poor dog. And that made me feel bad because I'm like, no, not that poor, poor dog. What are you kidding me? Like he goes to Disney with me all the time. Like he's good. So I'm going to give you two examples. Okay, so you have a dog who is hungry. Maybe he learns to pick up his food bowl and he comes and he brings it to you because he wants food, right? But whenever you're trying to get him to retrieve something, he's like, What? I'm not putting that in my mouth. Are you kidding me? Or you have a dog that loves to sniff around in the grass and he'll sniff, 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 and sniff, sniff, sniff. But whenever you ask him to scent, you know, like acknowledge this is, um, you know, diabetic scent, or you want him to do tracking. He's like, I'm not sniffing that. Why? Why is it that they love it when it's their idea? Like mean, it's the best thing in the world. But when you ask them to do it, they're like, yeah. That's the big question, right? So, for answering that, you have to ask yourself, why does a dog do? Okay, why does a dog do anything? Well, it's to better their own situation, right? Like he's gonna smell it because it's fun. He's going to bring the bowl because he's hungry and it's going to better his situation. So he's going to do it to better his own situation. So how, how does a dog better his own situation? He does it through negative reinforcement, which is the pressure release stuff. You know, the horse running stuff. It's the, um, it's the, the training style that we've been using a lot of. It's the positive um, reinforcement, which is like the clicker stuff. It's the knee popo, which is negative, positive, positive. So it's like pressure on, pressure off, click release. Um, That's if you like the behavior. So the dog does something spontaneously. If you like it, you do one of those. If you don't like it, you can do a correction or an aversion. Okay. That's the big thing. Now for that, you're going to use, and here's where we get techie and I apologize, but it works. Uh, We're going to use operant conditioning and classical conditioning. So with operant conditioning, this is the Skinner box. Okay. We're going to wait for the dog to just do something. What's the dog going to do? Um, The dog just laid down. Oh, that's Rue. Roo. Rue's over here lying by me. Rue never lies. I mean, he always lies across the room. So Rue Roo just laid down. If I liked it, I can positive reinforce that. I can negative reinforce, you know, if it's something, I can negative, positive, positive reinforce that. If I don't like it, say he decided he wanted to bark out the window, I can correct do an aversive. Okay, so after that happens... Click, treat, click, treat, click, treat, right? Um, After that happens, I can uh, start naming it. And whenever I name it, then it becomes classically conditioned. So classically conditioned is Pavlov and the bell, where the dog's drooling. He hears the bell. He eats. He hears the bell. He eats. He hears the bell. He eats. He starts drooling when he hears the bell because he knows food's coming. Now, that has to do with uh, click, treat, right? Click, treat. So click becomes the same as the treat. Because he's going to be like, I know what's coming. So we can do that. You can change up a dog's name. You can change up the command. You just have to do the pairing. So we talk about that. We talk about timing. Um, one of the big things with Nipopo is we want a active dog and a reactive handler. So I love this so much. Because so much of my training has been me sitting in a chair doing stuff with the dogs. Because we do a lot. With and if I'm going to pass out, I can't be up there, you know cheerleading in the dog all the time. So what we'll do is I'll sit there and I wait for the dog to do something and I work it. So you guys might've seen the video I put up yesterday with Django with the manners minder. I'm sorry, the treat and train a target in a blow blow up bone, which is like a place and, you know, working him with that. What happens when I like it? I click, well, I hit the button for the manners minder. It beeps and he goes over and he gets his reward because that is something that I like to do. what happens when he decides to bark at the kitty? I don't like that. So we work on correcting and aversing that, okay? Um, But we want an active dog. I don't want to have to get up there and look at what I've got, look at what I've got, look at what I've got, oops, I dropped it every time I dropped something. That's not a good way to teach the retrieve. It's a way to teach it, but it's not the best way to teach it or even a good way to teach it. But it is a way to teach it. And for some dogs, it works. But you don't want to have to like, look what I got, look, 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 oops. Every single time it gets to be really annoying. So we let the dog struggle a little bit. Uh, we want them to be the active. We want them to act and us to react. We don't want us to be active and them to be reactive. That's silly. Don't do that. Because the more help that you bring in, the more you have to fade away. So we talked in Silver School about the Popo training method. Uh, we talked about the Nepo training method. And we talked about the Nepo training method. And then we put it all together. And then we reviewed it briefly here. Now I had reviewed everything beforehand, so I was prepared, but, uh, but we, we did that. And then, like I said, getting to work on it. So I didn't need index cards, um, this time, but I'm going to go through after I write down and transcribe all my notes, go through again and, uh, um, do up my index cards just so I have quick flashcards. Cause for me, I like flashcards. You guys know, I like flashcards, uh, but that's nepopo Okay, here we go. Just some pictures of Django for the first time and he's cute. Thank you. Um, and Sue Ellen says, I totally agree about the heated seats. Even in Florida, great for your back, right? So yeah, so like I said, everything, our group class, what we're gonna do this Saturday, if I can prep everything ahead of time, our group class is gonna be different. Um, even something they have um, called the box, which is basically a one foot by one foot by one foot cube without a top on it, but it has the sides and the bottom. Uh, you know, we're going to use that more. And I've been using Amazon boxes because cheap and lazy. Um, but that's not the same thing. Because if they kind of jump halfway into an Amazon box, that's not as fun as jumping into a solid wood box that's going to support you. So I have a list of things that I've already given to Rich that we need to make these. Um, the scent work, like I said, I'm super excited about, it, even though, <laughs> and we've taught nose work before, many times over. We've done it. I just, it's not my favorite thing to teach. But I'm super excited about it now. And it's because of the Nipopo. It's because of Bart and because of Michael. And I'm super stoked about it because anything that can get better results and an easier time for my my people, an easier time for me, is something that I want. Um he talked even about how to structure up your training, um, your your uh training session. You know, what do you do first? What do you do next? Um, he talked about, uh, you know, when to introduce new things, he talked about how long it should be. And then we got to actually time them going through it. Uh, you know, uh, getting to see how he does it. So if you have another person, it'll make it a heck of a lot easier. So when you're working with somebody, you know, having something set up for them, planning out ahead of time. So it's just, it's easier. It's fun. How much is too much? You know, so many people want to just drive it home so much that the dog at the end is like, Oh, for the love of. Goodness, please leave me alone. Uh, you know, so how much is too much? So like I said, we talked about all that. We talked about behavior modification stuff. What do you do with a food aggressive dog? What do you do with a person aggressive dog? You know, what do you do with this and that? Uh, you know, so it was just, it was so amazing. The only thing that could have made it better was having Michael there. Um, but like I said, I know she was busy. So Swan just asked, how's Candy? Any plans for her breeding yet? So Candy is doing super. So we had her for a week and then I was gone for a week. And she was doing really well. Um, We had her at the vet yesterday. She only weighs like 55 pounds. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. 53.8, something like that. Um, So they loved her. The techs loved her. Um, They actually, other techs came in to see her because they were told how sweet she is. The original tech came in and asked if she could take a picture of her. I'm like, yeah. They think she has uh, some skin infection. So we got meds for that, which could have been caused by the super long plane ride over. Um, We did that and then we took her to tractor supply now Candy does not like and we have tile back here we have hardwood in much of the house but the dog room has this weird canvas thing so she's okay walking on that so now she is we have to get her onto the slippy surfaces some more and as rich and i were talking because she's like the sweetest dog like her temperament is just amaze balls. Um, You know, she listens. It was her first public access out yesterday was to tractor supply and it was like the easiest one ever once I got her off of the carpet and onto the slippy floors. Like there was absolutely no pulling. She was right at my side the whole time. She didn't want to sit. So she might become one that just stands there and waits for me and I'm fine with that. Uh, especially since she's going to be doing some mobility for me. I kind of want that anyway. Uh, but we'll get her over the fear of slippy floors. And the nice thing is it'll get her to trust in us so much more whenever we show her that there's really nothing to be afraid of there. So that's her one thing so far is just, she doesn't like slippy floors, which out of everything that could go wrong like that. That's really not bad. Um, we're starting week. Uh, and yeah, we're heading, this is the third week that we've had her right. One week two weeks. Yeah. Third week that we've had her. So she's doing really good for just having had her for a little over two weeks. Um, And like I said, for not even knowing English, whenever we got her. Sorry about that. Uh, Any plans for her breeding yet? So she's supposed to come into heat in June, which is this month and in December. So we're not going to breed her right away because we want to get some training in her and then come December gypsy should be either knocked up or delivered. Depending on when she comes in the heat, she actually should have puppies on the ground. So if things are going good there, we might breed her in December. Django will be 10 months old. So, you know, that could work. Um, But if not, we'll breed her next summer. So we wanna start with her health testing with like the genetic part of it. Um, I can't do her hips now until about a month or so after she is done with her heat. You're not supposed to do hips, um, the joint stuff like a month before or a month after. So it's too late right now for me to do her and get her OFA'd. I can do gypsy, but I can't do candy. So we want to make sure we have all the health testing in place beforehand. We want to do her heart. um, And we're going to do those, I think, through the Doberman Diversity Project. We can do her heart monitor and we can do her genetic testing. So like I said, we might start with the genetic testing just because it's going to be easiest. Um, Do the hips, what, maybe in August. Um, Do... Uh, her thyroid in August and see how that goes and then do um, do her heart because the heart's only good for a year so if we're thinking really thinking December maybe do the heart in the fall that's what we're looking at uh, Shane asks how long do you suggest spending when introducing something new also love hearing about the new that's awesome I love Shane I love the pictures that you've been posting of you and little Raleigh uh, she's just so cute. Oh my gosh. Um, so how long do I suggest bending um when introducing something in just a few minutes? So really training session wise, look at no more than 15 minutes and 15 minutes is like if your dog's super engaged and loving it and having fun. One of the the analogies that Bart and Michael use is when you're driving your car, you don't wait for your gas to be completely out on the interstate with no gas whatsoever before you fill up. Right. You wait for the gas to be low and then you fill it up. Maybe you fill it up at a quarter tank if you're like rich and you know paranoid about things. Um, but you don't wait for it to hit empty to fill it up. But a lot of people do that with their dogs and they'll work their dogs down to nothing. And then they they're like, Ugh. so don't do that. So if it's Raleigh, if you want to do a five minute session, that's fine. If you want to do a 10-minute, that's fine. Set a timer on your phone and keep an eye on it. You know, either set the going up timer or the going down timer. Uh, at fifteen minutes and don't go past that. So doing something new you want to start in the beginning of your training session. Um, for example, with the set work, you just want to do three or four, three or four smells and move on. Then do something else. you know start with something new, go to something they like end with something that's super fun for them. So when Django was doing it, uh, they had set it up and he got like six or seven things done you Know this, some of this, some of that, some of this, some of that. You know what, he was struggling a little bit with was the um, the the hold, the the take and hold. So, we saw how to do, and so that's what we're going to work on. And you know how we work on it best if you want to eat, so <laughs> you get to do that. So, we'll be videotaping some of it, uh, and, and just see how it goes. But, uh, we've also his nails dogs and their nails right so he loves this treat and train this manners minder so what we did is I have the dremel and I do a dremel and then I click it I do a dremel and I'd click it and if he wanted to eat he had to get his nails done and it was just it was a non-confrontational way to do it and I loved it so even like little things like that uh but yeah you don't want to spend forever and that's one of the mistakes of a lot of people and here's two guys. Our private sessions, we book them at about an hour is what we tell people. But we also tell them your dog's not going to work for the full hour because your dog's head would explode and that gets really messy on cleanup. And I don't think they get my joke a lot of times. I guess I have a really weird sense of humor. And you're going to say, this is my first podcast that I've heard from you. And you're talking about throwing kids out of airplanes and dog's head's exploding. I don't get your humor either. Sorry. Um, so we, we can't give them. So really, a 15-minute session is enough for the dog. If you want to go crazy and do a 20-minute session for that crazy spazzy lab, like go for it. But you want to end early on a good note. And if you catch yourself saying just one more, that's the time to put it all away and not do it anymore. Because just one more is never good. Um, That's whenever you get into trouble and it doesn't work out. And it happens all the time. So I like to do half-hour privates, but people drive from all over to come here, so I can't just do half-hour privates. So one of the things I'm tossing around in my head is to have like semi-private sessions, like Victoria's Secret semi-annual sale, but just semi-private sessions. So block off two to three hours, and people can come in with their dogs, work their dog, put their dog up to you know to relax, to remember, to refresh. See other people working their dog and what they're working on, and then getting their dog back out maybe for another session. So that's what I'm thinking of, just because it would give them more bang for their buck. But we haven't taken that plunge yet. But if that sounds like something you're interested in, let me know. Um, Jackie says, sounds like an awesome course. It really was. We have done, I've done um, Casey Cover's five-day course. I've done Jeff and Sean's Train the Trainers a couple times. We hosted them twice at five days each. And then this, it was five days for the silver and five days for the gold school. Um, so it was over 80 hours of training. That's 80 hours of training. Uh, and the nice thing with it is that was more bang for my buck. It's also the most expensive course, but uh, it was absolutely amazing. If you have to do one of them, to Nipopo and Jackie, they do it over in Holland. They do it Holland, Australia, in the U.S. in Missouri, which could be like Missouri. Really, Jackie has an amazing property, an amazing family. So I really, really, really like um, going out there, you know, and she, they're just, they're wonderful people. And whenever there's wonderful people, it's even better. And like I said, they're doing a nose work course. They're having Pat Nolan come out for nose work and retrieve. So I think, I think, I think I want to go. And that's in July. Shane says, um, she says, how do you and Rich?" And we're sitting here watching together. Oh, Um, Jackie says, I get your humor. I'm from the UK. We have the weirdest sense of humor over here. <laughs> it sounds like I fit right in Jackie. Um, Shane says, I really like the semi-private idea, especially since it'd be another opportunity to work the dog on relaxing while other dogs are around and working. Yes. See, I love it. And like I said, I mentioned it to Rich, but um, Karen's coming out. Our Gainesville trainer is coming out on Thursday um, through, I think Monday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we're going to go over the course. So right now I'm just, I'm still absorbing. I'm rewriting everything. I've told him bits and pieces, but whenever she's out here, we're going to cover, cover it more in detail. And, uh, Whenever that happens, uh, you know, we'll we'll get to start implementing it. Cause we have a couple dogs in right now and then we have more on boarding. Uh, so where we like I said, it's it's the future of training. One of the things he said, and he said so many good things. I, I was starring them and I have to go through and I'm talking to them and highlight. And I'm one of those that whenever it's done, like the whole page is highlighted because it's all good stuff, right? So um, so one of the things he says is most trainers use an e collar as a correction device, which is true, totally true. But we, however, use it as an activation tool as well. And he said, for that, we need a better e collar which is why we use the chameleon. But, uh, but it's true. It's totally 100% true. Whenever I talk to my clients about it, and I'm like, it's not just for correction. They look at me like I've grown a second head. They're like, what do you mean it's not just for correction? That's all it's for. It's not just what all it's for. And the nice thing about the Nipopo is you really get in depth and detail on how to use it as an activation tool to activate your target, as a communication tool more so than just don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Uh, And I think if more trainers train this way and put up good videos this way, it would be a lot easier. Now, here's a fun thing that I'm going to possibly start working on tomorrow, depending and remind me to tell you about my bed in a second, is uh, we videos for the e-collar, for the chameleon. So I had a friend come out tonight, Loki's owner, well, today, Loki's owner came out, um, and we covered some of the different things that she wasn't aware of with the collar. So if we can just shoot, we had done a video a couple weeks ago, the Advocate for Your Dog video. It was like 45 seconds, and it was me walking with the camera and Rich saying, no, go away. Uh, It was under a minute. And we got thousands of shares and likes and views and stuff on that. Not thousands of shares, thousands of views on this little tiny video. So that said to me, instead of doing a 15 minute video on the awesomeness that is the chameleon, I need to just do like a minute. Here's how to marry these two together. Here's how to divorce them. Here's how to change this setting this way. Here's how to change the setting that way and just do it. Like that. So then my people can look at it and see why they should get the chameleon, which honestly, if you can afford it, get the chameleon. It is the Ferrari of e-collars. Now, the e-collar tech and the dog are fine. They're like the Chevy and Ford trucks, but, well, Chevy and Ford, I guess maybe not even trucks, but the, um, that, oh gosh, it's just amazing. I love the chameleon more and more. Django has his own. Like, I like it so much, I bought one for my puppy. Uh, and then we have two others. So Candy's going to get one, and then Gypsy will get one. You know, and then we'll use them with the boot camp dogs as well uh, and possibly order some more. So I really, really, really like them. But, yeah, good, Shane. I'm glad that you like that. Thank you. And have you heard when the next Nipo course might be in the States? I really like to go, but I don't see any information on the website, but maybe I missed it. They are going to announce that in July. So next month they're going to announce that. And I asked Bart, you know, can you give me an idea? Are we looking at it next year? And he said probably October, November. So think about that. Um... Because it was amazing, and I tell you what, if we bring, if I bring a whole bunch of people, that would be super awesome. I don't get a kickback or anything, but I will be there with you for that week. And one of the things I noticed is we got e collars at our silver school. He brought us the chameleon extender with the micro, which actually has the longer range. It has a 400 meter range, whereas the chameleon itself is only a 200 meter range. Um, but it also has the box, even though the box is super small, on it the brick and uh and so we used it using that on gypsy and then whenever we bought the communion threes i've been using that on her so i was very familiar with it and i've sold some of them and i just i adore them so it's funny because I have people coming up and asking me questions about it so if i am tell you if i bring like my friends along like you'll have access to me and bart and michael and jackie and it'll be super fun um jackie on here says um you would enjoy england have you ever visited it so i flew to germany when i was 15 or 16 with school. And we stopped at London Heathrow airport. And then we flew out from there again. And then on the way back, that was the layover airport. So I've technically been to England. But I didn't get outside the airport. <laughs> but I want to because when, now that we got our passports, right, I want to go someplace. And I want to go someplace that speaks English. Because <laughs> I know English pretty well. I'm pretty good at English. So I'm like, I want to do England, I want to do Scotland, Ireland, Wales, um, Germany, just because I did do German, um, I'd love to do, um, but the English speaking ones get priority. Oh, and then of course, Australia, New Zealand, of course, because, crikey mate, that's a wallaby. That'd be fun to say. Uh, Michelle says, dogs learn from other dogs. So if they watch the other dog, they can help each other, right? Yes. And like I said, I really love that idea. And then if we need to do a video private or like a private one-on-one, that's fine too. But if we have kind of like office hours for privates, um, it would be really, I think it'd be really, really beneficial and really helpful. Um, Crystal asks, do you like meat as treats? It all depends on the meat. Um, I've used it before. Um, (laughs) Brunchwagger in tracking was amazing. Uh, you know, we've used that. Uh, if you do something like ham, ham's pretty salty, so you've got to watch that. Um, hot dogs, you know, you can take one hot dog. We have actually, if you search on our YouTube channel, we have a video on how to take a hot dog and turn it into a hundred treats. And what you do is you quarter it and then you coin it. You can get like a hundred training treats from one hot dog. Uh, so what we used to do is we would buy the El Cheapo packs of hot dogs, like eight of them for a buck. And we would sit and we would just chop them all up, Rich and I would, well, he would because he's faster at it than I am, and put them in a Ziploc baggie, and then put them in the freezer. And then whenever people came and they didn't have treats, they'd just get a a baggie of hot dogs. So we would do that. Um, Usually I will use moist treats. And then once they're doing good at it, that's how they work for their dinner. But sometimes they need a little more motivation at first. So I'll do meat or I'll do the softies. Um, Jackie says I'll have to look at the Nipopo course in Europe. Sounds like it should be on my to-do list. It really, it was amazing. Most in silver were professional trainers. Um, most in gold, I'm trying to think, I think everyone in gold was a professional trainer. But um, some of them were just starting out. Some of them have been doing it for a while. Um, and it's something like I said out of out of all the trainers to go see. It, you have to see Bart before he doesn't do it anymore uh, you know he uh, he's so busy with Martin systems right now uh, that you know we wanted to make sure we went before he he's too busy for it so Jackie I definitely add that to your list Deb that's Loki's owner it says love that idea good oh you guys I'm glad I mentioned it because now I'm excited um, and she loves the chameleon yeah. And Jackie says, oh, the airport doesn't really count. You must come over. I'd happily recommend stuff to you and places to go and stay. That's perfect, Jackie. Because, yeah, like I said, I want to. We need to plan um, because I'm a planner. And so we get something from a website called Travel Zoo travelzoo.com. And uh, they have like last minute tickets or like sale things. So there's like, you can go to Egypt, you can go to, you know, China, you can go here, you can go there. So we'll get those. And that's one of the reasons we got the passports is there was like one of them that was a really good deal to go to China and you have like three or four days in Shanghai. Well, maybe you didn't know, but there's a Shanghai Disney. And I'm like, I need to go here just so I can go to Shanghai Disney. You know, that's one of my goals is to hit all the Disney's. Michelle says I'm to go to Ireland someday. My first vacation will be to Disney World and then go from there. That sounds like a good plan to me. Joan says how's Sable doing and how much does she weigh now? Okay. So if you guys have any other questions, go ahead and type them in. Um, we're winding down. Uh, but Nipopo, like I said, it, it was amazing. And just everything that was said, wow, it was really mind-blowing for a lot of it. And to know that he's... He's done a lot, you know, um, he's an amazing dog trainer. Uh, a lot of it made so much sense. Oh my gosh. And and the funniest thing is that there are people who argue all the time about dog training. This is how you do it. this is how you do it. Like I've been doing clicker training for years. When we moved down to Florida, when did we move down here? I want to say in 03. Okay. So like 16 years ago, we moved to Florida and uh, I went to a dog class taught by somebody. And we were doing clicker at the time. And it was uh a rally. I had no idea what AKC rally was. But we went. And um, she's like, click every time the dog does something right. Click, 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 click. And I'm like, this, this isn't how you do it, really. Uh, and people all have their own, this is what it should be. You know? Uh, the nice thing is BARTs make sense. It's not just because I said so. Or, because that is just how you do it. It is, like, there's a reason for it. And there's a click to stay in behavior and a click to not stay in behavior. And a thing that you do this and a thing that you do this. And when you do this, this is what happens. So, like, just the making sense of things and organizing it, it's so much nice. So much easy. And I absolutely loved it. Time to sign off. Uh, We have... A quiet puppy so you notice there's been no barking this whole class so yay that made me super super happy um that Jenga's doing so good i am going to be placing an order with martin system so if you guys want me to order you a chameleon if you guys want me to order you a clack clack board i just posted it up on the dream dogs page right before we started this um what it is 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 it is a target thing so if i want to train my dog to go to the other side of my bed oh i wanted to talk about my bed too i put the clack clack there then i know when he's hit it because it makes that noise And they love it. they'll be like, clack, 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 clack. And it can be a little bit annoying, but that's when you put it up. (laughs) So my bed. So guess what Rich tells me while I'm gone? So I'm gone. I'm at the hotel. Everything's good. Too bad this this time, which was nice. He goes, the cat, one of the cats, he doesn't know which one we have two of them, peed on our bed. And it went through the comforter, through the sheets, through the mattress pad, into the bed. And it was like a gallon. So he's trying. we have a little missile, like a little green machine, and he's trying to use that. Well, guess what? You can't clean cat pee out of bed. So we have a day bed. So he just slept in that the week I was gone, and the cats kept peeing on the bed. He tried cleaning it. Well, they'd still pee on it, clean it, pee on it. So I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. We have a litter box for them, but we only have one litter box for the two cats. And for the last two years, it's been fine but it's also in the dog room and maybe they just didn't want it. So I'm like, we'll set up a second letter box either in our bedroom. Cause that's where they're peeing or in the office. Well, he set it up in the office and since I've been home, I see them going into it all the time. So like, that must be what the issue was. The cats have peed all over the bed and we're not sleeping on a cat pee bed. So get home on Saturday morning, Saturday night. I slept on the rocker chair and rich slept on the day bed. Wasn't fun. Um, we have a trundle, but I don't want to sleep on the floor floor because I didn't want to. So Sunday we went out bed shopping and we went and we got a bed. It is the coolest thing. It's not just a bed. But um, Mattress Farm was having a Memorial Day sale. So the the head of it would raise. And it was by a king for the price of a queen. So we like a king size bed. So the head of it will raise. So I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. Well, they also have it where your feet raise. I like to get swollen. So I'm like, oh, I want it with a feet raised too. Or I can just lay upside down, but we got it with the feet raised. So we were playing with that. And it's just the neatest thing. And it's way taller than what it was. But one of the things now, no dogs allowed on the bed. So we had been sometimes bringing Django up in bed with us and he'll he'll snuggle down, but he can still sleep with us on the couch or on the chair or on the day bed, but he can't sleep with us on the bed bed. But, uh, but yeah, so we got a new bed. It was delivered yesterday. And now I get to catch up on my sleep, but it's very, very comfortable. And, uh, we kind of splurged on it and we got the one that your, your feet can go up and your head can go up. And they had another one that was like a magic fingers. We didn't get that one, but, uh, really, really, really nice. Hey, Nicole. Uh, so that is our saga of obnoxious cats and I'm like, get them out of the bedroom and shut the door. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not a cat trainer. I am a dog trainer. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of times it is litter box problems with cats. And if you have two cats, you should technically have three litter boxes. And we got away with two with two cats and one litter box our whole married lives. We've always had two cats and one litter box and it's been great. But apparently that run of luck is at an end. Um, but then it turns out our bed was over seven years old. And so apparently every seven or eight years, you're supposed to change them out anyway. Um, Terry says put a waterproof zippered cover. They're washable. I get one for the allergies. Um, If you get them on Amazon, can you send me the link? Because we did get a new mattress pad that's waterproof. But that's it so far. And uh, and like I said, it's really tall. And they apparently don't have box springs anymore. The mattresses don't have box springs. It's like an all-in-one. Because he's like, well, our box springs are so good. We don't need new box springs. We'll that save us money. And she's like, no, we don't do box springs anymore. Like, oh, gosh. Crystal just asked, how would you find a lost dog if you lost one, lot yours, one of yours? Um, if you lost a dog, I would contact the vets, I would contact the rescue groups, I would contact animal services. Uh, usually if your city has a Facebook page, a Facebook group, or a few of them, I would post it up in there and I would contact all of them daily. Because if you call up today and say, you know, I lost a yellow lab, Um, and it comes in four days later, they might have forgotten, so you have to do it daily. Um, Print out pictures, drop pictures off, make sure you make a note of where you drop them off so you can pick them up again whenever your dog's found. Um, But yeah, yeah, uh, it's not fun. Uh, Oh, we did have another question. Let me find it on here. Jackie had asked a question. Um, Trouble with distractions and how to leave it. So I know her dog. Her dog is Augie, so trouble with distractions um, and how to teach your dog to leave it. So I don't technically teach a leave it command because for me, a leave it is, this is an acceptable thing for me to get, but don't get it right now. Leave it right now, and you can get it later, okay? It's kind of like whenever you want to do this, when you're at a meeting with somebody and get your phone out, leave it, you can get it later. Um, instead, I use a lot of no. No, you can't have the cat poop. Never. I never want you to get the cat poop. Um, no, you can't eat the chicken bones that you found outside of the park because never, you can't have that. So we will do leave it. We will do, um, no. And Jackie, if you remind me, Jackie Augie's owner, if you remind me at group class on Saturday, we'll totally cover that in group class on Saturday is leave it versus the no. Uh, And Jackie Mudd just said, do they supply the communion to the UK? Yes. So they are based in Belgium. So if you go to Martin System Shop, you should be able to find it. And If you can't, Jackie, just shoot me a message and I will find you the link and send it over to you because like I said, I'm working on my next order. Um, But you do have to pay the VAT over there. Sorry, Charlie. Um, but yeah, the chameleon's amazing. You want the chameleon three and depending on your dog, there's a small, which could fit on your wrist. So we have a seven pound toy poodle and he is sporting (coughs) the small chameleon three and it looks amazing. There's the medium, which is what Django wears. And then there's the large. So most dogs a medium is going to be just fine. Um, and then for, for it also, Jackie, you want to make sure you order the feathers it's an add on, but it's, it's fantastic. And it comes with the normal contact points and it also comes with the feather contacts and the feather contacts, like I said, it just, oh, it makes it that Ferrari with the best tires up. I really like it. And like I said, stay tuned, Jack, if you have any questions, Deb, if you have any questions, um, if anybody has any questions on the chameleon, message me with it. So whenever I do my videos up, I can make sure we address them. And it looks like it is about to storm here, so we got to go and get the chickens in and get the goats fed before the rains started coming because it don't look good. But you want to see my bed first? Let's see. There you go. Yay, my bed. And it's taller than it was before, which is always good. So, okay. I will check you guys next week and let you know how everything's going with Django um, and what else is going on with Popo. Thanks for the great info. Thank you for tuning in, Larissa. You were quiet, but I'm really glad that you were here. I love you guys and have a fantastic week.